the Summer Skate Studios. This is Analytics and Eyeballs. From the Summer Skate Studios, Analytics and Eyeballs is brought to you by Top Golf. At every Top Golf, it's about fun, climate-controlled bays, increased safety measures with your choice of games, as well as our sports bar and restaurant. See your local Top Golf location or topgolf.com. Summer skates, shower shoes, and koozies customized for yourself or your entire team. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos, from coast to coast and beyond, wherever you need to be, Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos has a destination that suits your style. Jets Pizza, with six different styles of pizza, eight different types of crust, to go with all of our fresh toppings, you can let your pizza cravings run wild. Peterson Toyota, earning the trust of our loyal customers at 4455 South College Avenue in Fort Collins every day for over 50 years. Metro by T-Mobile, go to metrobytmobile.com to find your perfect plan, all of which come with the power of T-Mobile's 5G network. M-Drive, our boost and burn is specifically designed to help get you active, get lean, and burn fat. Get yours at mdriveformen.com. Drury Inn and Suites. Find out why we say our home is your home. Visit druryhotels.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue. Award-winning barbecue for your next catered event, a concert at Allegiant Stadium, or at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas. Analytics and eyeballs from the Summer Skate Studios is a part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Jordan McAlpine. All right. Welcome in, hockey fans, NCAA hockey fans, as it may be. Scott Strandy with you tonight in uh, beautiful Denver, Colorado. No Jordan tonight. He's a little under the weather, so we've got a special guest host coming in. My man, Nick Maxson, is with us. Nick, can we call you a formerly of the Husky Productions, or what? what's the best title for you right now? Free agent? You can say we can say free agent. Yeah, I think that works pretty good. Um, well, thank, thanks for coming in on short notice. I texted you this morning. And I said, hey, any chance you can join me? And you graciously accepted. So thank you. You're very, very welcome. Always a pleasure to be on and uh, always great to talk hockey with you, Scott. So more than happy to be on. All right, here's your challenge for tonight. It's not much of a challenge. <laughs> this is analytics. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> uh, this is analytics and eyeballs. So we try to break down this show, uh, Nick, into two forms. Uh, what our eyeballs tell us, what we see, and what the numbers tell us. So tonight during the offseason, I thought, you know what? Let's play around with this a little bit. Let's talk about the guys that we know. We can't certainly get to all of them, but some of the guys that are uh, have made the jump, from uh, NCAA hockey to professional hockey and, and uh, how they seem to be doing and what our eyeballs are telling us they are doing. And then the second half of the show, we'll, uh, we'll talk about this ridiculous number of people in the portal. <laughs> we'll also yeah. talk about who's gone, who's coming, who's still there, and uh, try to figure that out. Uh, I ran across something today, uh, Nick, that I thought was uh, – well, I ran across a couple of things that I thought were interesting. One of them in a positive way, one in a negative way. I don't know if you've seen these two, but um, more than likely, so, somebody <laughs> somebody tweeted out something today about 
since 2018, there's been, I believe, eight new college hockey ranks. Did you see that? I did see that one. Um, and they were talking about Bentley being in 2018 and all the way up, and they're going like, wow, the growth of college hockey is really on its way. Um, some of the names in there were, were already NCAA teams. Some were not. And I thought that was kind of interesting, so we'll get to that. The bad news segment that I just saw a minute ago was uh, the Hobie Baker Award winner suspended mm-hmm. for six months. I've got I've got a lot to say about that, but we'll definitely uh, well we'll definitely get to that later because I think that if you just read the headlines, you're not getting at all the full story of what's actually happening. And I think uh, yeah, there's a lot to unpack on that one for sure. Yeah, we'll get to that in a little bit, but uh, I saw it, and the headline, of course, is like damning, and then I read a little bit more, and I'm going like, okay, maybe this is just a little bit of a headline grabber, <laughs> but yeah. but like I said, we'll we'll get to that in a minute. Um, so first and foremost, uh, let's let's talk about you. You you were at Husky Productions. Now you're a free agent. Any leads on where Nick Maxson is going next? Yeah, I mean, obviously the the big draw for me is is the play-by-play aspect of of hockey so there there are some leads out there uh a couple uh you know there's one in the ahl that i'm pursuming uh there's some uh, junior as well as some uh you can say the ec uh teams that i'm also pursuing so i'm trying to find the right uh fit uh for me uh you know it's got to make sense in a couple different you know forms but for me that's that's the number one job i'm pursuing is something in hockey play-by-play. Um, would prefer the television aspect of it, but radio also fine. That's where my roots uh, really do kind of get entrenched is in the radio aspect of things. But it's a, it's a work in progress. It's a, it's a lengthy process, so patience is key with that, Scott. But, uh, you know, things are, things are moving, and uh, they're going to accelerate here in the next few weeks as uh, the ECs wrapped up. American Hockey League, uh, their regular season wraps up here in the next uh, week or two. So, uh, I'm expecting things to kind of get a little bit more steam here in the next little bit. And uh, obviously excited to see where the process takes me. Well, we're looking forward to finding that out. Um, obviously I hope that they don't tie you up too much so I can, I can get you every <laughs> now and then, but that that's just selfish on my part of it. But um, I don't know if you heard, we're growing, my friend. We, uh, we added yes. three new teams to uh, NCAA hockey coverage, changed our name slightly. We are now college hockey West live. That'll be our Sunday and Tuesday podcast. We'll keep analytics and eyeballs because I like that and uh, the format on that end of it. And then Wednesday night, we'll stick to the ACHA coverage with uh, the Great West College Hockey Podcast. But um, interested uh, in finding out what people think out there. We're, we're thrilled to have the two Alaskas and Lindenwood. Your thoughts? Does that fit our, uh, our demographics, I should say? I think so. Um, I think it's, uh, you know, just the start of, I think, what, what, what should be a culmination of, uh, you know, the, the old, uh, you know, trip out west, the old, uh, you know, pioneers, as they call it, as they continue to trek westwards. Uh, am, am I getting that right, Scott? <laughs> yeah, Paul and I are both pioneers, if you've seen us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's fantastic. I think, you know, for as, especially the two Alaska schools who really have gone through quite some ups and downs uh, the last few years, especially with some conference uh, realignments. I mean, we, we can go back to 2013 and, you know, the old WCHA, which essentially is now dead uh, with the rise of the CCHA. They've really been looking for, uh, to put a light, you know, for lack of a better phrase, a permanent home. And, you know, there's a lot of, uh, still a lot of questions to be answered, but 
Uh, something tells me, Scott, that they may have some solutions if things go the right way. Uh, sh shortcoming, they just may probably have to maybe survive in advance, as they say, the next few years. And if they do that, I think there's some good news coming for both of those schools, as well as some others that you have aforementioned as well. Yeah, well, my co-host normally uh, on Tuesday and uh, Sunday night, Paul Hornstein, you know Paul well, um, has, a, has a great plan on how to uh, realign this thing. It's just nobody will listen to him. <laughs> well, I suppose when you're from Long Island, New York, I think there's just by, you know, just by sheer geography, there's going to be some folks that, you know, will maybe turn the dial, but uh, we can't help with uh, all those folks. That's okay. We still love Paul. <laughs> Paul, Paul says that everything to him, every hockey team in the country right now is West to him. So he can include everybody in that. But anyway, so we're happy to have the, uh, the seven teams now in the NCAA. Um, we're, we're in the middle of what we do is uh, breaking down the, uh, the team's, and uh, recapping with the coaches. So last night we had Chris Mayotte on uh, from Colorado College, and that was a lot of fun because uh, uh, Chris likes to talk, and I think he tells us a lot of stuff, maybe more than he probably should, but we appreciate it. <laughs> and, and, uh, He's a wonderful human being. Um, oh, got a chance, got a chance to uh, email, uh, got a chance to chat with him a little bit. Um, at the uh, NCHC media day back in October. Then when he visited St. Cloud, got an opportunity to chat with him. Uh, this guy just has an aura around him. I'm not sure if that's the best word, but he's got a very infectious uh, personality. Um, he's, he's a great communicator. He obviously uh, projects that he cares about his players. He cares about teaching the game. Uh, he's one of those new coaches that uh, I, I think is going to bring Colorado College will take him a little bit, but uh, we'll bring them back, um, I think, off the ranks of the NCHC. Um, he's, again, I uh, can't say enough great things about Chris. And I think he's going to do some really good things down there in CC, which was once, as you probably recall, Scott, quite the predominant program in college hockey down there uh, in, in Colorado College. So I'm excited to see what he takes the programs. I think he's going to do a really good job. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, he he now has the new building. He's got everything in place. He's got his uh, – his first class of recruits really coming in this uh, this fall. And uh, I think uh, based on what I heard last night, he is thrilled about what he has coming in. So um, we're, we're good on that end of it. Of course, the coaches and administrators uh, are meeting in Florida this week for the, uh, the big convention, the annual convention that happens every year. And we'll see if any changes come out of it or any news breaks out of that. But um Okay, so so really the first half, uh, Nick, I want to talk about guys that have made the jump. And um, we'll start with NCHC guys that are uh, familiar to us, and then we'll talk about other uh, uh, players that are making their name. But Bobby Brink, um, he had quite a whirlwind week at the, uh, the Frozen Four because they got in Tuesday, they practiced Wednesday. Thursday, he wins a semifinal game. Uh, Friday, he's up for the Hobie Baker Award. Saturday, he wins the national championship. Sunday morning, he signs a contract with the Philadelphia Flyers. Monday, he practices and is introduced to the media in Philadelphia. And Tuesday, he plays against the Washington Capitals, and they line him up against Alexander Ovechkin. <laughs> Quite a whirlwind for, for a kid uh, from Minnetonka, Minnesota. Quite the whirlwind. Uh, great kid too. Uh, you know, kind of, kind of a soft-spoken human being too. If you've ever talked to Bobby, I've had a chance to talk to him a couple times in person. He's a phenomenal human being. Uh, great family, and obviously, a really good hockey player. Uh, but you, you know, you talk about the process and the transition, right? Uh, you know, quite the week as you mentioned, you already kind of went through the the schedule of it. 
But then to be able to go on to NHL ice and you wind up to what could be, you know, the best goal scorer in, in the history of the NHL in, in a couple of years. Again, it's incredible to think that Ovechkin could have another 50 goal season at his age. It's unbelievable. Um, but, you know, what, what not a better place to, to go play uh, than a, a very hockey rich market that is Philadelphia. Um, say what you want about, you know, the lack of success that Philadelphia has had, you know, the last probably year and a half. But, uh, you know, it's an opportunity for Bobby to get some ice time, to get acclimated to the program. As you know, Scott, with every jump you make, there's always a transition process. There's things to learn. Uh, the game, you know, accelerates. There's you know, decisions have to be made that much faster. So uh, I think just the way he played the game in Denver, the way that he was developed, he's going to transition nicely to the NHL. And uh, so far, so good for him. I think he's got, what, already one assist in his career, if I recall. I think he might have might have two now. He had one where he okay. ended up in the net. I thought they were going to give him the goal, but they didn't. I don't know if he got an assist in that one, but I know he got an assist earlier. And it was kind of interesting, Nick. I was at the uh, celebration last Tuesday night um, that was held at uh, Magnus Arena, and they had Bobby's uh, uh, initial game in the NHL on the uh, the big board as they were as people were filing in. I thought that was really a nice touch. Since then. And uh, actually today, uh, Carter Savoy announces that he's uh, doing an amateur tryout with uh, the Bakersfield Condors. Of course, he was drafted by the Edmonton Oilers, their parent team. But your thoughts on Carter making the jump? You know, it does not surprise me. And I don't think if you you ask Denver fans with the skill set that Carter Savoy has that this should surprise them. I think there was always in the back of their head, and with college kids, especially when you have the skill set that he has, the question is, when is the right time? You know, it, when does Carter Savoy feel like I'm ready to make the jump? And, you know, it sounds like he probably, you know, thought about it. Sounds like he took his time with it, probably talked to his agent and made the decision. It doesn't surprise me. He's got an NHL level shot. He reads the game well. He skates well, uh, makes smart decisions with the puck. He's always a threat when he's on the ice. Um, in fact, if I remember correctly, scored the overtime winner in that semifinal game with an assist from Bobby Brink uh, to send Denver to the national championship game. So, um, you know, it, it comes to the point where if you're the player, do I have more to prove? Is there more development that I can do at this level? Uh, he's been a pretty dominant force freshman year, sophomore year. So I think as tough as this for a loss for Denver, I think for uh, for Savoy, I think this was uh, the, the right move to make for him. Um, so it gets uh, a nice little bit of breathing room here with the Condors to get acclimated to the next level. And uh, um, I'm pretty sure, um, it, no, correct me if I'm wrong, Scott, he will. He hasn't signed officially like a con, like his entry level deal yet, just his ATO. Am I correct on that? Correct, just an ATO. Okay. And I think, I think he was holding on, hoping that he might get some sort of a deal like like Bobby Brink got with the Oilers. But we know the Oilers are going to be a playoff team. And uh, they probably didn't feel it was worth it for him to burn a year to uh, to spend the last couple of, uh, you know, I guess the last week or so uh, with the club. I, I don't know what the deal was on it, but he will start off on an ATO um, in Bakersfield. So so those are uh, those two. The other night, Nick, I had a chance to see a golfer play right in front of me here in, uh, in Denver as uh, the Hobie Baker finalist. And um, oh boy, <laughs> you know, you know who we're talking about, right? <laughs> I, I might, I might have an inkling because uh, there's a lot of, uh, let's just say gopher fans that have go back to the boroughs after this one. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, anyway, 
we know who it was. Uh, he got a chance to play. So uh, be, you being a Minnesota guy, you want to break the news and let everybody know who got a chance as a uh, a former Gopher captain uh, that got a uh, free agent deal with the Avalanche? Yeah, so Ben Myers, uh, the captain, uh, definitely one of the, mo- you know, the most sought after, if not the most sought after college free agent that was in this class here. Um, great on faceoffs. Again, you talk about a defensively responsible center um, who skates well, who can play offense. He goes to the dirty areas. Um, again, just real good, strong hockey IQ. And uh, Minnesota, the wild, I should say, was uh, heavily in pursuit uh, of the uh, yes, of the Delano, Minnesota native. Yes, they were. And uh, it, you could say that the, the wilds, you know, not that they're in a position to look up anybody as of yet, Scott, but uh, – the Avalanche being sort of, you know, the, the playoff, you know, super villain right now for the Minnesota Wild. Uh, when, you know, they win the sweepstakes per se, um, there's there's some salt in the air um, up here. Maybe it's the salt from the roads because it still continues to snow. It snowed here yesterday. It's, <laughs> I heard that. <laughs> not as bad as mine on North Dakota, what, 40-some inches up there in some spots? My goodness. So we're, that's crazy. we're not uh, – that's nuts nuts. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been a whirlwind. Um, obviously, we got to give our congrats to Ben Myers and earning – that opportunity, in fact, scored his first you know, NHL goal uh, the other night. I'm, I think you may have been in the, in the building when that happened. Uh, phenomenal player, happy to happy to see him succeed. But uh, let's just say that uh, um, the dangling of Minnesota sports fandom continues to uh, etch itself in the, uh, the the halls of infamy and sadness here in the Minneapolis and St. Paul. Yeah, I bet it was a rough time because they did really want to sign him badly. Um, I wasn't there. I watched it on TV, but... Um, I was told by a couple of different people, uh, Gerard, uh, Gerard Bednar, uh, the head coach from the Avalanche, said uh, he was happy to have Ben because he, he wants to use him down the stretch to let him get his feet wet the last five or six games, but more importantly to relieve some of the pressure um, and let some of his guys that, that have a few nicks uh, and bruises take a little time off. So that's saying something for a free agent. But he came in strong. Um the joke was he was going to take an Uber to the rink and uh, Gabriel Landeskog uh, gave him a phone call and said, no, uh, that won't be necessary. I will come and pick you up, rookie. And uh, it paid off. As you said, he got his uh, first NHL goal in his first NHL game. So congratulations to Ben Myers. Uh, man, what are they doing in Delano? Because there's a dozen or half a dozen really good hockey players that I've run into this year alone from Delano. You know, it's it, it's funny when you talk about these small Minnesota cities, you know, and, and I know that for folks who follow the Minnesota high school hockey scene, uh, I suppose there's a couple of big cities that most people know. One's Edina. The other is Eden Prairie uh, slash Minnetonka. Another big one would be Hermantown. Uh, and the back in the day was Duluth East would be another big one. And then obviously some private schools, uh, Mill St. Margaret's, uh, Breck, as well as Blake School. So, uh, you know, the development process here in the, uh, the Minnesota, just the youth organizations all the way up through the high school organizations, they really teach the game so very well. And again, it's not just the systems. It's, you know, it's about just seeing the ice and what they do. It's, it's great. And Delano's kind of the, the new rising star, if you want to call it, Scott, uh, in the Minnesota hockey community uh, with Ben Myers uh, being kind of the, the latest. Uh, so they're just picking up where everybody else, uh, you know, has kind of been for a while. And, you know, you got to give praise to that. It's always great to see, uh, again, uh, Minnesota boys that uh, continue to uh, rise and uh, to earn NHL spots. There's, 
there's only so many spots available. And then again, Minnesota continues to turn out NHL talent. You know, when you talk small town Minnesota, and of course I grew up in a very small town in Minnesota, northern Minnesota, but uh, you start thinking about Roseau, you think about Warroad as the small towns, mm-hmm. but Delano's not anywhere near them. It's much closer no. to the Twin Cities, correct? Much closer. Um, and, and, and the Twin Cities is almost in a similar way, uh, kind of like the Denver metro area, where you have a, a sprawling urban environment that's got all the big city, you know, you know, bells and whistles per se, but you go out, not that far, 20, 25 minutes. And all of a sudden you look around, you're like, well, if I didn't have a compass or, you know, GPS, I may not know which way I'm turned. So it's, it's, it's phenomenal. Um, it's a great mixture of, you know, where you, you can kind of get away from the urban life if you want to, but you have all the big amenities that a city offers. Uh, it's a nice little mixture and Delano kind of on the edge of that. Um, so, uh, it's, it's great. Uh, again, you're, you're not talking Northwest angle, like you mentioned with Roro Road. to, uh, up there in the do- upper northwest part of Minnesota, but you're certainly close enough to the cities, and uh, I think they benefit off of playing some of those, you know, teams here in the metro. Again, to have a little bit more of the access to the rinks and the training, uh, so it's just great to see that that expansion outward continues to affect some of those schools. Okay, next on my list is uh, Nathan Smith, the Minnesota State Maverick. Uh, signed his deal to play with the Coyotes. I'm sorry, Nathan. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> he, he did go to the Coyotes and uh, got a chance to uh, do his rookie lap. And uh, I think he's still with the big club. I'm not sure if he's uh, spent some time in Tucson yet or not. But again, another uh, great hockey player. It's getting a chance to uh, get his feet wet this year in the NHL. Your thoughts on Nathan? You saw him play an awful lot at uh, Minnesota State Mankato. I did. Uh, you talk about um, a forward with a right-handed shot uh, that, that's got some zip and some accuracy to it. Nathan Smith can create offense anytime he's on the ice. Uh, when him and Julian Napravnik uh, were on the forecheck and things were buzzing and they were cycling, they were one of the hardest uh, two-man duos really to take the puck off their sticks. Uh, and again, you talk about just how smart these players are. Um, at that level, Nathan Smith was one of the smartest hockey players I could I could watch. Uh, just knew how to create space, knew how to buy time. He understood different situations and what you're supposed to do, whether he could be aggressive or you needed to back off. Uh, so just a phenomenal career for Nathan Smith. Uh, cannot wait uh, to see what he does. Uh, is it Arizona or Houston? I can't remember. Um, <laughs> I suppose it will <laughs> have to wait and see. Uh, ask but, me in uh, a month. Ask yeah, month, it, my friend. It, it may, and it may not be even that that far off, right, Scott? Uh, but uh, you know, again, it, it, when you get drafted, when you you know, get the calls, and you you sign an NHL deal as a player, you're it doesn't matter what the situation is. You're more than happy to go play pro hockey. And uh, for Nathan Smith, no question about it, he's going to have quite the fantastic pro career. And uh, probably on that roster right now too, Scott, probably a top six forward already, just in terms of uh, what he can bring on the ice every single shift. Okay, then we have to jump to Michigan, but we're not going to go the uh, the way you would think at Michigan. I'm going to go to a guy who I still think has uh, perhaps the most upside, if I can even say that. And don't punch me, Michigan people, I know. But uh, Brendan Brisson, uh, I think, has yes. the most upside over even Maddie Beniers and, and Owen Power. I know those are great players, but they've come uh, along and they've always been at the top and the top draft picks. But Brendan Brisson's flown under the radar. His dad, Pat, uh, a super agent. And uh, Brendan has just jumped right in in Henderson and taken off. And I think he's going to be a factor. I was on a, a Vegas radio show today, Nick, and I uh, 
I said that that very same thing to Vegas fans. I said, cap relief is coming your way in the form of Brendan Brisson next season. <laughs> You're not wrong by that. Uh, you know, Brendan Brisson was one of those, I don't know if you want to call him a late bloomer because he really wasn't. Um, he had all the skill sets. Uh, I think maybe the big thing that people knocked on was not the biggest kid in the world, um, but certainly one of the most skilled. And, you know, he's, he's, he's the kind of guy that has the attitude that it's not the size of the dog in the fight. This, this guy is, goes in and he is not afraid of anything. Um, goes in the corners, he's scrappy in front of the net. And holy cow, uh, when this guy is skating at full speed, uh, his hands are lightning quick. His mind is even more quick than that. It's, it's like warp speed if you're Star Wars fans. It's nuts. Um, just reads the play so well, gets involved, and geez, uh, again, he's going to have uh, quite the impact on the Vegas Golden Knights. I'm agreeing with you, Scott. As soon as next season, uh, when they're probably going to need some cap relief, uh, and you know, unfortunately for Vegas, uh, uh, they're going to have to make some probably some touch ro- uh, tough roster decisions as early as this off season because, uh, and one of them that won't be as tough will be to probably have Brandon Brisson coming in the lineup. Uh, I would be shocked if he's not on the starting roster her early next October. Yeah, they were asking me in Vegas today. They said, "Do you think he's top six, or where do you think he falls?" And I said. I don't know that he's top six yet, but he's going to get there quickly because uh, he's got all the attributes, as you just mentioned. He's extremely good at finding the uh, the dead areas in the ice. Mm-hmm. And uh, when he gets open, this is one of the things I've seen him play a lot this year. And one of the things I like about his, his game is that when he gets to a dead area, he presents himself uh, so that he's ready to take the, the puck uh, off a pass and shoot it and he's got such a quick release he reminds me an awful lot of uh the job that uh carter Mazur did for uh, denver this year man carter would get to the front of the net and he put that stick down at the right time and um man if he didn't get a deflection he created a lot of havoc and i think uh that's the way brendan brisson is going to be for uh, for vegas okay so next up maddie Beniers. Uh, went to the Seattle Kraken, scored, as you would expect. Um, he's a goal scorer. That's what he does. Uh, yes, your he thoughts is. on Maddie so far? Oh, boy. Uh, how do I make this sound like I'm not tearing apart Seattle? Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, it, 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 I, you kind of have to feel bad for Seattle a little bit, just from the expectations that Vegas, speaking of the Golden Knights, right, kind of set with their uh, their expansion team and, you know, Jesus, Stanley Cup final run. Uh, unbelievable, right? They were never, ever going to repeat that success as much as, you know, the the under-the-table deals that George McPhee and Vegas pulled. Uh, Seattle was really never able to pull off uh, those kinds of uh, moves and transactions. But what Seattle is in position to do is they have top draft picks. And uh, again, their big one, Maddie Berniers. Uh, they're going to have an influx of young talent coming in in the next couple of years that's really going to rise this team here pretty quick. And holy cow, uh, you, you talk about Maddie Berniers. Uh, Washington, Michigan, and Allentown, uh, he was a guy that you, you talk about how Bersan found the open areas. Uh, this kid can not only find the open areas, but he also can create his own. And he doesn't need much. Scott, he's a guy that you talk about a fast release. Uh, Maddie Beniers has, I think, just as quick, if not a quicker release than Brandon Brisson. Uh, on the stick and off the stick quick. He's got some power behind it. He's got accuracy to it. And he's got a nose for the net. Uh, you know, he, he's a guy that can get in front to get a little of his you know, nose dirty a little bit. But more so, uh, he's a guy that uh, he's kind of a bulldog. 
in, in my eyes. He can go in the corners and take, you know, a little bit of Benique and wing paw board battles. Uh, but, man, you give him a little bit of time and space and, uh, you know, he gets a, a lane to the net. He will put it where he wants to. And a lot of goaltenders, at least in college hockey, had trouble stopping his shot. And Nick, the other thing that I think he brings to Seattle, especially this year in their inaugural season, is a breath of fresh air with the last uh, week or two left. It's like a little excitement for these guys that have labored, if you will, in in trying to get the the skates under them, if I can say Mm -hmm. that, um, in Seattle and and trying to create an identity. And he's going to be a lot of fun to watch next year because you know he's going to put in the work. You know he's going to be ready to go. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited for him as well. Um, the trio of Michigan guys that have signed now, uh, leaves us with Owen power last year's Mm -hmm. number one draft pick and uh, went to the Buffalo Sabres. Um, okay. Owen power defenseman, solid defenseman, but, uh, offensive skills as well. Correct. Yes. So, uh, and it's funny when you talk about offensive defensemen, right? I think, especially with some names like, hmm, let's think about another college hockey player when the whole – oh, that's right, Kale McCarr. Uh, you you kind of think of <laughs> – yes, I was getting there for those who are uh, – yeah. Um, you know, you, you kind of think of that skill set. Owen Power is a little bit different, right? He's kind of like a, a more of a defensive defenseman in terms of his posture. He's not a flashy guy, uh, but he picks his spots, right? And I think if there's one thing Owen Power has done in the time in Buffalo, which has not been – obviously a lot, but he doesn't look out of place, Scott. Again, defensemen and especially goaltenders, you know, those positions take a little bit longer uh, to acclimate to the NHL level just because of, you know, just the skill on offense, especially. And I don't even know if you want to call it the new age of the NHL, but we're seeing a transition with their Trevor Zegras's and some other of the big forwards out there with some of the skill sets they have. It's unbelievable. So how do you stop that? Uh, Owen Power at six foot six skates incredibly well incredible vision on the ice. Uh, some of the passes I saw him make uh, in Allentown were just unbelievable. Whether it was a, a six foot pass that, you know, happened to go through a couple of sticks or a 20 foot sauce pass. He just reads the play. He anticipates well, but he also doesn't try to do too much, um, but he uses his feet so well. So if he's in the offensive zone, he can walk the blue line um, again with his reach. He can take the puck deep and, and create havoc, you know, in top of the circle as well as down low. Uh, he's not looked out of place at all for Buffalo. In fact, you talk about a team that might finally kind of break uh, a long-awaited spell of, geez, is this team going to be something to finally climb out of the dungeon they have been? Uh, Owen Power is going to be a really nice piece for Buffalo. They have something cooking, and then for Sabres fans, uh, they're starting to put something together and uh, you know, just give a take uh, a goaltender that might come to them in a little bit, maybe. Uh, this team is looking pretty good, and Owen Power is going to be a very important piece for them on the blue line as they move forward. Okay, we could go on and on and on forever, it seems like, talking about players that have made the jump and quality NCAA hockey players. Um, So I I don't know where to stop it, but maybe this is a good point, unless you have somebody you'd like to bring up uh, that I've missed that you uh, think deserves some recognition in the final couple of minutes of the first half. Like you said, uh, you, you could go off of so many of you know the great players that have played this game, and uh, we could have a four hour talk show on all of these guys. Uh, I think if there's anything we can go on is, you know, what we've seen from the NCAA side of things is, you know, there's been a steady rise in more NHL ready talent to come out of the college level. And it goes back to not only the, the development programs of, you know, uh, the USA hockey, but, you know, such as, you know, my, my city uh, leagues up here in Minnesota that do a great job on development. Um, you know, college hockey is on the rise. Uh, and in fact, the, the, 
the OHL or the CHL talent uh, is still at a different league than the NCAA tournament. But we're starting to see uh, NCAA guys come to rise and they're, they're starting to get looked at a little bit more seriously in a, in a wider hole. So I, I'm really glad that we have such a nice, strong class because I think it only will get better and college hockey itself will grow in popularity when these guys continue to come out, sign pro days, and actually prove themselves in the National Hockey League. So I think it's just great that we're talking and have not enough time to talk all these players, Scott, because more is to come, and I can't wait to see what happens next year. Okay, so we'll talk Portal in a minute. Uh, we'll take a quick break, be, uh, be back in about four minutes, and uh, we'll talk about one guy that decided not to go. Well, there's more than one, but this one was a pretty big standout. Again, for your gopher, that's a little tease. Arizona fans, keep your ears <laughs> open because uh, somebody's coming back to the gophers. Uh, I thought maybe there'd be some portal news on him going somewhere else, but we'll get into that in about three minutes uh, as soon as uh, we, we hear from some of our partners. Uh, this is Analytics and Eyeballs, and we'll be right back. More than 140 live games from the nation's best college hockey conference. Ready for you, wherever you are, however you want to watch. Your favorite team is on nchc.tv. On your phone, tablet, or stream to your TV. Subscribe now to watch the best in college hockey at nchc.tv. If it's NCHC hockey, it's on nchc.tv. Really, JR, you think you can still do this? I'm focused. You're way too old to hit that target from there. I've been listening to everything you said. It's been running through my head, locked and loaded. Alright, still got it. Still got it. Who's old now? any hockey player in the desert southwest and they'll all tell you the same thing we love going to the rink and sandals now you can show off your game in style with summer skates officially licensed summer skates are comfortable washable and can be designed to show off your fandom phil kessel your guy big william carlson fan or is austin matthews the man have your summer skates designed to show off your favorite nhl player or shout out your own game with your own number Team discounts and customization available, too, for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice, our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable, show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of summer skates, you can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com. From the Summer Skate Studios. This is Analytics and Eyeballs. All right. Welcome back in, hockey fans, NCAA hockey fans, as it may be, or hockey fans just anywhere around the world. Uh, this indeed is Analytics and Eyeballs. It's our Monday night show where we break down what our eyes tell us and what the numbers tell us. Scott Strandy with you in Denver, Colorado tonight. Uh, my co-host is a little under the weather, so we brought in the pinch hitter, uh, Nick Maxson, and I, Nick, I think you're west of the Mississippi right now, aren't you? Not by much, actually. If anything, <laughs> I'm probably a thousand feet northeast. 
Okay. I was, <laughs> I was close because we you call anything west. Now, west of the Mississippi. So you're good. We'll, we'll uh, grandfather you in on that one. But that works. thanks for joining <laughs> us again. We appreciate it. We talked uh, the first part of the program about guys from the NCAA that have made the jump um, from NCAA hockey this season to um, the NHL or the AHL. And there's been a lot of them. Of course, we couldn't touch on all of them. We just highlighted a few to kind of make the point of just how good the quality is at NCAA hockey. That being said, there's something called the portal. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's a new concept over the last five or six years. But, uh, man, yeah, last I looked, Nick, it had over 300 uh, players. And I don't know if it's changed. I'm sure it has uh, either up or down. But uh, the portal, uh, I'm going to let you define it. You define what the portal is for us. So essentially, it's it's sort of a free agency pool if we're trying to really simplify it, even though that's really not really what it is. But it allows athletes, uh, whether it's, you know, I'm a, a bottom six forward and, you know, I, I want to play more. I think I can get more to the program. I may transfer to continue um, if I haven't seen a lot of minutes um, or maybe just for whatever reason, the style or what it is. It gives uh, athletes a, a chance to go win and basically become a free agent again. So their contracts expired and they have the ability to, uh, to talk with uh, all the other colleges and then to, again, re-sign another NLI or a national letter of intent to play at a different school if they choose to. Um, the one thing is once you enter the portal, you can't, it's a one-way valve. So you can't, you know, rescind that, uh, that transfer portal um, aspect of it, but it gives athletes a chance to maybe change the scenery or you know, go to a different program. Uh, that way they can get your athletic and as well as academic career. So that's uh, probably the simplest way to describe it is it's, it's, it's a college uh, version of free agency. You know, and uh, when I was back in college, back in the 19, early 1980s, if you uh, selected a college and you decided you didn't want to be there, uh, you could leave, but uh, you were going to be penalized by sitting out a year. And a lot mm-hmm. of people, that was a big deterrent. A lot of people just didn't want to sit out a year uh, especially in your 19, 20, whatever uh, age group, you don't want to you, you don't want to waste a year, if you will, of uh, quality time. So that was kind of the deterrent. This has become anything but with the extra year that uh, COVID gave or that NCAA gave because of COVID, and then certainly the the opportunity to make that one transfer and uh, and make it stand up. Uh, one of the things that I comment, I'll tell you that that, that I think is the best story of the transfer portal. Um, Cameron Wright was the only guy that went into the portal um, or that came out of the portal to Denver this year. And um, Cam and I are going to sit down yet, but he's been really busy with the, uh, the championship tour, we call it here in Denver. Uh, but anyway, um, <laughs> Cam was the right fit. He was heavily vetted by Denver. They didn't want a bunch of people. They wanted one really good veteran player. He was the first one to come in and get tested um, for his physical stuff in June, I think, with the uh, with the strength and conditioning coach at Denver. And ironically enough, he's the last one to score a goal in the uh, empty net uh, in the NCAA championship. So to me, that's how the portal is supposed to work. You, you come in, and uh, I use the quote, Nick, that he didn't he didn't say much. He just led by example. Um, they put him with a couple of freshmen. They put him in all kinds of different situations during the year. And lo and behold, at the end of the year, he's making a difference. 
that's my idea of the good story of the portal. Your thoughts? You know, it's always a double-edged sword, right? We talk about the transfer portal, and no question, I think what we've seen over the last couple of years, Scott, is I think there's a direct correlation to the extra COVID year, um, because if I recall the actual rule, and I've had a lot of people ask me about this, is I think the the waiver is you, you get to transfer once, and then you don't have to sit on it. But if you transfer second time, that's when I think there's the red shirt or another year is supposed to sit up. But I mean, let's take a St. Cloud uh, transfer. Uh, let's talk about Grant Crookshank, right? Originally of CC, a two-year captain, transfers up to Minnesota for this last year. Had a decent year, wasn't too crazy productive, uh, but now again transfers again to St. Cloud State. Now, obviously, the Huskies are going to be more than happy to have them. Their center depth has just been demolished uh, with graduates as well as others leaving for pro contracts. Uh, so that's the player side of it, right? Is you want to go where you think you can win or be a leader or whatever the reason might be on the school side. And I think this is where the other side of the coin is. is when an assistant coach, and that's mostly for schools, that's who's out there doing the recruiting. Those are the boots on the ground, per se. Those are the guys that are spending you know, countless nights traveling. They're meeting with family. There's a lot of energy and money that's poured into the recruitment process. And to have essentially this one-time waiver uh, or where a, a player can choose to say, you know what, thanks, but no thanks. I'm, I, want, I think there are greener pastures on the other side. Uh, you know, that's the argument against it, right? Where it's, you know, there's so much money being invested in energy into getting the coaches, the right players that they think will, will be a good fit to help them be a, a contending team. And for a, a player to say, you know what, I don't, whether it's, I don't like it here or whatever the case may be, and they can just enter the portal and that's it. Um, it it's a double-edged sword. And I don't know if there is a, a perfect solution for that, but it definitely has changed, especially with the, with the COVID eligibility where, you're seeing a lot of players take advantage of this um, extra year and, you know, really trying to find either whether it's more life or in their athletics or, you know, just trying to find a different system. So that way they can continue to chase, whether it's a pro dream or just have another opportunity to play more college hockey in the sense it's uh, it's a complicated puzzle and uh, the solutions to whichever way you kind of stand is uh, there, there could be many and nothing are perfect. Yeah, and when you when you look at that portal, uh, one of the teams that, uh, of course, we follow that's been interesting, and I think um, Paul Hornstein has joined us, so we'll have him uh, voice in on this. The, the Arizona State Sun Devils have once again dipped into the portal. Last year, they took five or six guys, and I don't know if it worked, uh, to be honest with you. I'll let uh, Paul chime in on that. But the this year, they've gotten some quality players already yes. coming in and they've picked up some younger players. I mean, sophomores instead of uh, grad transfers or seniors. So Paul, if you're with us, uh, why don't you pipe in on what Arizona state's done with the portal? I have no opinions about anything. Oh, okay. Paul doesn't have any opinions. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> I guess that wraps it up. Uh, <laughs> well, listen, um, the portal giveth and the portal taketh away. Um, I th think that you can't, if you're going to go in there and dig out one player, that's going to be a one and done, you can probably do that. But if you're going into the portal and, and, and taking four five, six guys that are ones and dones, uh, at least in this situation, it didn't work. 
Okay. Uh, there's no question that ASU needed to improve in their own end. I mean, basically, they went out and revamped their entire decor. But <clears throat> I don't think that that necessarily works uh, long term. Like I said, you want to go in there and grab one guy like Denver did, and I hate to use that example because, you know, that just gives Scott more ammunition to wave his pom-pom. But, um, They're crimson uh, and gold just, tonight, my friend. Uh, whatever. You, did, you you are so wishy-washy with these. It just depends on the moment. Um, you can go in there and, and grab one guy, but you can't build your program long-term like that. And no, you can't. And you know, if so, to me, um, you know, it's hard to tell because not only do we have the extra year for COVID, um, you also have guys that are that are leaving because they're grad transfers that can leave too. So now you have the one-time transfer rule, and grad students who've earned their degree are also allowed to go somewhere else. So that just adds to everything. Um, tell, but, tell us who's who's on their way to uh, Arizona State and why it's different this coming season than this past season. Well, first of all, the guys they have coming in have at least two years to play. So you're building something there, and they're, they're adding to the building and not just kind of coming in and leaving. All right? They, they got uh, – Devin Levi's backup, uh, who obviously once Devin Levi said he wasn't leaving, you only have one goal. You can only you can only play one goalie at a time. So it's almost like quarterbacks in, in college football. They're going to look for somewhere to play. Okay. Uh, T.J. Semptonfelter pretty much kept Northeastern in the bean pot. So he's not only um, coming in as, as as a sophomore, at least according to the portal notes, and I'm pretty sure Nick has the same ones available to him. Um, but there's not, you're not going to get a a, a a hotter spotlight in the regular season than the bean pot. If you're giving up two goals and seventy shots or eighty shots in the bean pot, you 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 you. Uh, seem like you can handle some pressure. Okay. Um, they got a couple of other sophomores, twin brothers, that I don't really know a lot about because uh, we didn't get to see much of Hockey East this year. But uh, to me, the guy that when I saw that he was transferring to ASU, the guy that I got all excited about, uh, Lucas Sillinger. Yes. Oh, my lordy, lordy, Miss Claudy. That is the guy <laughs> they need. That is the guy that uh, I can guarantee you now. Uh, up a goal, even, penalty killing, uh, need to win a faceoff. And Lord knows they haven't had anybody there to win a faceoff in probably four years. Okay, that's the dude. That guy right there is is so. That's to me. That's that's to to use a football term. That's the four and five star recruit right there. 
to me, that's the guy that they need so, so much. So, so Nick, let me ask you this. I, I teased coming back about one guy that uh, a lot of people thought were, were, um, was going to make the jump to the NHL, decided to come back to the University of Minnesota. Of course, we're talking about Matthew Nyes. And mm-hmm. um, I, I thought this might be the time that Matthew Nyes says, hey, I'm, I'm going to Arizona State too. Um, hear me out. Here's, here's why. Uh, really good friends with uh, Josh Doan, who's already at Arizona State. Uh, mm-hmm. is running a hockey camp in uh, Arizona this summer with Josh Doan. And uh, I was told uh, one of the reasons why Arizona State didn't uh, get him as a freshman was he didn't want to play at Oceanside. Well, guess what? There's a brand new uh, professional rink that he can play on. It's an ASU rink. Uh, oh, sorry. Go there. <laughs> There's a new, a new ASU rink he can play on. Um did you think that was even an entertaining thought, or do you think he was just uh, going to be a gopher through and through? I never really got the sense that that was a possibility. Thank you. Um, yeah, no. I, I, there's, I think that's more Toronto Leafs fans who would think that somehow because he didn't sign right away that that means, oh, my goodness, uh, we're not going to be able to sign him, and he's going to end up in Arizona with – the Coyotes along with Austin Matthews, and it's going to be you know, the second coming of uh, Toronto fall. No, I, I never got uh, the sense that uh, that Matty Nyes was ever going to leave the, the Gophers uh, to go somewhere else. Why would he? Uh, a couple of reasons why I say that. Uh, how about some of the, uh, the the talent that the Gophers have coming in uh, next year? How about uh, Logan Cooley, who is going to be an absolute stud? Uh, so, you know, just to name one of them, but, uh, you know, Bob Motzko and, you know, in the recruiting class, uh, that the Gophers have coming in, uh, they have a good chance, even though that the names may be different to, to make again, some, some noise to be a big 10 favorite and to get back to a frozen four. Uh, so why would you leave that if, if you're trying to play with better talent, if you're trying to, you know, I suppose, prepare yourself for, for the next jump in your career, why would you go down to Arizona state for a year? Uh, why not stay where you're at, where you're comfortable, you know, the system. And uh, instead of risking maybe reducing your stock to the, to the Toronto uh, brass, why not keep it up? If not anything, give your chance of better self to shine. I mean, other than thawing out. Right. Other than, <laughs> that doesn't happen up here. So No, I know that. Um, and I can't believe, Nick, you're saying that loaf fans overreact to things? No way. No way. Not at all. No. No. It is quite funny from afar, though. I will say that. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> so, so, Nick, let me ask you this. As, as you scroll through the portal, and I'm looking at all of the names myself as we speak, and obviously the ones that have made the jump. I mean, Lindenwood in our coverage area, they have uh, four players that they've picked up. Uh, looks like uh, two seniors and two juniors. Um, Anchorage has uh, gone in deep and gotten five. Uh, which they needed because uh, they, they didn't have a team last year or the year mm-hmm. before. Um, so that's all good. But as you look at guys that are still out there, are there some that jump out at you that, that we need to know about that are high-quality players that are still in the portal and haven't found a home yet? You know, I haven't dug too much into it, to be perfectly fair with you on that. Um, but if I'm scrolling through the list as we see it right now, how, oh yeah, there's one. That's I should have known. How about Derek Dashke of Miami, Ohio, uh, the captain? Um, 
you know, for a team that didn't have a lot of bright spots, Scott, uh, on the defensive end as their captain, 28 points in 36 games. Uh, he's got good size, got great skating. He's a good kid. Had a chance to talk with him um, a little bit uh, before the season. Uh, I, I think he will watch fetch some eyes somewhere um, out there uh, with some other players. Uh, that's the one that sticks out with me. Um, I'm also a little bit surprised uh, with some guys like, oh, geez, what does I do with? I lost my list here for a second. Is it Jared Rosenbaum, Jared Lee, and Ben Almquist? I, I think that these guys, although they're not big point producers, I, I think they're good role players. And those are guys uh, that to me uh, should fetch some attention for guys who are looking to maybe get a role player uh, there. And then obviously, North Dakota's Ashton Calder. I can't believe I missed that one. I know St. Cloud fans are salivating if they get their hands on him. Um, but uh, I don't know if they're going to quite get him. He's got the size. He's got, uh, you know, really, really good stuff for him uh, 11 goals, 10 assists, and 34 games. But uh, I don't know. He, there's going to be a lot of schools uh, buying for his services. Paul, I'm curious if you have any names uh, that come to mind. Well, I look, the first thing I kind of look at is is the is is the the, the, the the quote unquote class and you know I didn't have this list last year so it's hard for me to compare there just seems to be a lot of seniors on this list and a lot of good players a, a lot of good players as seniors that would be that third pair defenseman or that third line forward okay um, that you're sitting there and you're like, all right, well, those guys are probably going to be last to get, you know, to get picked up. Because, like I said, I, I think teams are starting to learn you can't do these one and dones. Okay. Um, and, you know, in terms of, like, you got a couple of guys that if you're looking for that missing piece, Got a couple of guys from Michigan that could come in, and and um, you know, hey, you know, guys, this is how you do it. Okay, if you have a younger team, you got uh, Jimmy Lambert and, and and Nolan Moyle that just got into the portal. I mean, those guys, you know, and they've been through it. You know, um, and they've been through it at a high level, so. If you're looking to, to 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 have that one guy, okay, to maybe, you know, just be like, hey guys, I need I need somebody to be a leader. I need you to come here and show the way. Okay, isn't 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 that the kind of a guy that you would go after? Yeah, I think I talked about that a guy named uh, Cameron Wright. You know, um... <laughs> let me ask you, let me ask uh, Nick this. Uh, when I look at some of the guys that left Minnesota, and I'm talking about defenseman Ben Brinkman to Notre Dame. Uh, Jack Perbix is in the portal. Um, mm -hmm. Grant Crookshank, we already mentioned the St. Cloud State. Matt Denman is in the portal. Is that a sign of the quality that's coming in as freshmen, you think? Or is there another reason why those players chose to, uh, to leave uh uh, uh, the maroon and gold you know there's multiple different reasons right what uh, that a player might look at their situation um and, and say i i want to look elsewhere right um, i think it's impossible to really you know kind of blanket it but i think what is fair is that well, what are some of the reasons right so i think number one's playing time right if you look at the the minnesota uh 
players that are in there. Uh, Matt Denman only saw two games. Uh, Jack Perbix, um, I think for him, if, you know, not thinking for him, but maybe guessing, uh, looking at the talent coming in and maybe seeing that his role might be reduced uh, as a player. And then same thing with Johnny Sorensen. Again, only uh, you know, four, uh, four goals uh, in 37 games played as a junior um, so not really a big point producer for them. So, uh, it could be where, okay, you know, maybe my production wasn't as great. These highly talented freshmen are coming in. Uh, they might take my spot. I, I want to continue playing. I want to be a top six guy. I think I've got it. And sometimes it's a change of scenery, right? Sometimes there's a better fit style wise, or just the way that, you know, the team plays, you know, there's so many different reasons why a player might do this, but if I had a guess for the Minnesota guys uh, that are there, uh, probably looking at maybe some reduced roles and uh, some some tough decisions, obviously from the coaching staff, and uh, you know probably figured, all right, you know maybe I need to look elsewhere if I want to continue to play either a play my role that I currently have or maybe a bigger role. Uh, it's not going to be here in Minnesota; it might be somewhere else. Paul, let me ask you this one: uh, When you look at the UMass guys that they got off the portal, one jumps right out at you: Cole Brady, sophomore goaltender from Arizona State. Um, good fit for Cole. <laughs> Uh, I think he wants to, uh, once again, this is like goalie merry-go-round, just like the quarterback uh, merry-go-round in terms of uh, college football. There's only one net. And ASU uh, had uh, Ben Cross had a, had a, you know, you know, I don't want to say he had a superstar year because he didn't. I mean, he was okay. Had his moments. And then they decided, you know, and then they recruited and signed uh, Gibson Homer off the U.S. National Development Team program. And then they bring the kid in from Northeastern. Uh, you, you can't have four goalies in practice. That's for sure. <laughs> you can't have no. them at all, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you could, but, you know, it'd be, somebody would be standing around doing nothing. Um, you know, it's just... Um, we, we knew one of them was leaving. And I think you'll see there's a lot of goalies in this portal. And maybe it's just because there's 250 names again. <laughs> but, you know, there's only one. There's only one net. Guys want to play. You know, it's a lot easier to land a spot as a forward, as a defenseman, than it is a goal. So, Nick, let me ask you this. Because uh, uh, when you look at guys coming into the portal, especially in the Big Ten, uh, I don't see any for Michigan. Uh, Notre Dame's got four. Michigan State's got four. Um, why, with all the uh, the guys leaving Michigan for pro contracts, have they not dug into the portal in your estimation? So I think it goes back to what Paul said. You know, you, when you have that level of talent, yes, you, you're trying to replace it in a sense. Um, I'm not sure if the portal is the way to do that. And the other part of it is, you know, as a as a player, if I'm in the portal. You know, it's it is an agreement, right? There it is. Does the player want to go to Michigan, and does the school want the player there? So there, there's a couple of angles you can look at this. Uh, I think Michigan has another good, solid recruiting class coming in that that they have dug some young talent, um, and to them, they may be looking at this as like what Paul said. Maybe we 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 like the transfer portal, maybe for a, a player or two to fill a fill a hole and fill a very specific need. Um, but again, with the transfer portal, and I think Paul would attest to this, it, it is a high risk 
type acquisition. Uh, look at St. Cloud State the past two years. I'll just use those as an example. Uh, Seamus Donahue and uh, I'm trying to remember uh, the Ford 21. Gosh, I can't remember his name. It'll come to me in just a second, but they were uh, Jared Cockrell. There it is. Uh, very instrumental to get that team to the Frozen Four in the national championship game. And then this last year when we had a guy like Aiden Spelsey come in from RMU, uh, just wasn't the fit, wasn't quite the player that we thought we were going to get and towards the end of the season uh halfway towards he was kind of in and out of the lineup really wasn't earning his spot uh, he, they were hoping he'd be kind of a fix down the middle replace will hammer he wasn't uh so for a team like michigan i don't think you really have to dig into it too much i think you're confident in what you have returning uh you may go back into the portal if you see something that you may need to fill one or two spots but i think they're confident with the group they have coming in as well as what they still have um, I think they don't see it as something that they necessarily have to go in and crawl for five or six players. Uh, Nick, here's the other thing that, that uh, we haven't really talked about too much in the last few months, okay? Um, because of the COVID year, because of the portal, um, guys are having their scholarship offers pulled mm-hmm. or te- coaches are deciding uh, we changed our minds just like players decommit. Um, and there's got to be a lot of that going around too, because there's more recruits because of the extra COVID year. Correct. So you don't necessarily, you know, it, it, it all adds up to there honestly being, uh, even more than in the past, more spots than roster spots, more players than roster spots. And that's with two new teams coming in this year. And two more next year. Okay, so we're running out of time, but I want to get Three, this in whatever there. Whatever the heck it is. I want to get this in there because we got Paul on, and we all know, speaking of pom-poms, uh, nobody shakes them <laughs> harder than uh, Paul does for the current Hobie Baker yeah, award winner. So that news just broke. Uh, um, Nick, you've got a lot of uh, insight on it, so maybe you can just uh, run down what in the heck happened with uh, Dryden McKay. Well, again, I, I think – you know, effectively was feeling some after effects of, of a COVID positive uh, case, um, was taking what he thought was a, a wholesome supplement that was supposed to help alleviate some of those side effects. And after taking a test, uh, it was found that it had a banned substance, even though from if I gathered this correctly, Scott, that substance wasn't labeled into the sub into the into the what he purchased, so it wasn't displayed. And I think what's so fascinating and, and so part of my French, but so dumb about the situation is <laughs> Dryden McKay has to essentially accept a penalty for doping when I don't know how in the heck you can expect a player in this particular instance. And for those who haven't read the Elliot Friedman story or for those around, please make sure you read the four article because honestly – um, the headlines I think are very misleading that, right. you know, when you, when you see the word dope and you think that somebody intentionally is trying to cheat and you know, they don't deserve all the accolades that they've given and they're, you know, anyways, fill in the blank that you'd like. This isn't that at all. Uh, this is somebody who thought they were taking something that didn't have anything that would be illegal or banned. And it was found out that there was, there was a mislabel or whatever you call it. And here's the weird thing. He's taking a hit on this from his reputation, from his chances to play pro hockey. And these supplement companies are left unscathed. And I find that incredibly stupid and and fascinating at the same time that he bears all the consequences, yet the people who are creating these get no consequences at all. 
And Nick, if I'm not mistaken, this is not something he went to a doctor and said, hey, give me. Or Correct. To, it's just something he bought off the shelf. Correct. Correct. That's ridiculous. That's got to be against FDA regulations, no? Or you would be. think, or it should be. Um, you know, it, it, and obviously, I'm not a nutrition expert and what no, has to I'm be not labeled, what's expert. not. Um, I think if we were, maybe half the food we eat probably would not be on the shelves. Maybe it is right now. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it, it is really it is really too bad because for someone who had such a high-profile season, won the Hobie Baker, there's such a spotlight on Dryden McKay. I know that you know, he's contemplating his future and what does he do next in his hockey career. And now, you know, his image is probably forever tarnished and it shouldn't be off of a decision that he made in good faith and nothing he could have done differently that would have prevented what has transpired here in the, these last few, uh, I suppose, 12 hours when this news broke. And this well, is not me... like he went, this is not like he went to some guy, like say some athletes and some other sports that, um, are not in a monumental place uh, who just, uh, I didn't know what I was doing when he went to some guy that basically said, here, take this. This is what this is. Yeah. Yeah. That's a fact. Um, I know we don't have a whole lot of time left, but two things that, that come to mind for me is uh, this, this was came about um, February, first part of February. And he had to deal with this, and then the suspension was sent and then rescinded uh, until further review or whatever it was, so he was able to continue to play. But knowing that and having to continue to play as a goaltender and keep your focus, holy cow, I can't imagine that. And secondly is, uh, according to the article, it says he'll be ineligible to play until October 11th, 2022, after accepting a six-month period of ineligibility that began on April 14th. So what, what's the net outcome of this? Um, you know, he's uh, basically not going to play until October 2022. Does it really, other than the, the hit on his reputation, does it really affect him, uh, Nick? I, I do think that whether it's fair or not, uh, there's going to be organizations that will ultimately have questions on him, whether it's fair or not, um, and which is terrible. It's not fair at all. But do I think after the smoke kind of settles or the dust settles and the smoke clears and we realize the fire is gone? And I, I think, if anything, what I hope comes from this is, I, I suppose, more look into these situations and whether do we, can we really fault the player for this? Is this, is this something like, like Paul says, like when you go to Washington, D.C. as an eighth grader and you see a guy on the back of his minivan with suitcase, say, hey, I got Oakleys. They're real Oakleys in like 10 bucks. I mean, come on. Uh, it, it's the same thing to me. So I, I wish I think that he ultimately, after whatever you want to call this ban is, it almost feels like, okay, well, it's out there. We got to do something because if we don't, then, you know, our hands are tied. That's well, kind of what it feels like to me. Um, I think he will eventually find a landing spot. There's going to be a team that will take his talents. Um, Cause when you're a Hobie Baker winner, there's going to be a team that will take a chance on you. And I think he'll be fine after that. Well, I, I'll say, I'll say this, and this is the two things that pop into my head. Uh, number one, um, this is just brutal. Um, it, this is to me just being a fake tough guy, just like the IOC. Uh, no, uh, uh, Russia is banned from the Olympics. But that's okay. The Russian Olympic Committee is okay. That's fine. That's not the same thing. 
Um, and then I wonder, as I look at it, um, is this why Edmonton signed Ryan Fanty instead of, I mean, uh, um, Auntie Ranta instead of Dryden McKay? Possibly. That's a lawsuit, yeah, well, baby. That is a we'll, lawsuit. Yeah, we will never know. And uh, as they say in the uh, the business, to be continued. Uh, we've got many more days yes. to talk about it. Nick, thanks so much for uh, for filling in. I, I love it when I can call you and you you jump in as a pinch hitter and keep us informed on what's going on with that long-term plan as a free agent. And uh, you're welcome back anytime, my friend. Well, as always, you uh, you know you can text me anytime. I'm always happy to come on. I, I love doing this stuff. I love talking hockey. And uh, it, it's kind of like you know when you go out like a couple of days without coffee, and you're like, okay, what am I doing? Um, I need a fix. So this is a great <laughs> this is a great fix for me, Scott. So uh, I'm always happy to come on. Always enjoy it. And uh, uh, let's keep the conversation alive because college hockey is on the way up, boys and girls. And I can't wait to to see what how it continues to spiral upwards. And happy to be a part of it. All right, Paul, you came in you came in late, so you get the fun of doing the read. Uh, whatever. From the Summer Skate <laughs> Studios, analytics and eyeballs have been brought to you by Drury Inns and Suites, Drury Plaza Lake Buena Vista. The newest official Disney World Hotel is now booking for stays starting this October at DruryHotels.com. Metro by T-Mobile. Switch to our $60 a month plan, which includes an Amazon Prime membership. See one of our stores for details. Buy Summer Skates. Whether you use your own name or number or that of your favorite player, show your game off in style with personalized shower shoes and koozies. See summerskates.com for more information. By Behind the Mask and BehindTheMask.com. No one knows goalies' needs better than we do. See the website for our three Valley locations and more. Liberty University, strengthening your faith and your game at the premier ACHA M1 program on the East Coast. At liberty.edu. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas, where our food can be summed up in one word perfection. By M Drive, supplements to fuel and refine your drive at mdriveformen.com. Peterson Toyota, our staff at 4455 South College Avenue in Fort Collins, works hard to make sure you get the right car that fits your needs, new or pre owned. Jets Pizza. More than just great pizza, you'll love our wings, sidekicks, and more. Find a location near you at JetsPizza.com. And by Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos, where the action is from the Atlantic to the Pacific and around the world. Analytics and eyeballs and all of the Ice Time Hockey SW podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app and available for download at the iTunes Store, Podbean, Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, the iHeartRadio app, and on the TuneIn app. Ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcast. Analytics and eyeballs from the Summer Skate Studios is a part of the Ice Time Hockey SW.com network. Very well done, my friend. Nick, thanks again for uh, for joining us. Uh, Paul, thanks for giving your uh, the final word. We're going to start calling it that part of the segment now, your final word, because you yeah, always no, have some good stuff to word, bring I it. Promise. <laughs> Tomorrow hey, Nick, night, Paul, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, Nick, just make sure you're available when we decide to do our. Uh, uh, realignment slash um, what we want to see the NCAA tournament thing become. So just keep yourself available for that. Always available, Paul. (laughs) 
<laughs> Nick, that, that's a four-week deal we're running through the month of July. <laughs> Perfect. I'm ready to go. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. Anyway, all right. Uh, Paul and I will be back tomorrow night with another episode of uh, the new College Hockey West Live, 7.30 p.m. Mountain Time, live on the Podbean app. Wednesday night, Stephen Marsh and myself will be back with you uh, for the Great West College Hockey Podcast. And uh, it goes on and on, folks. We are the quad pod of college hockey podcasts. We'll say goodnight, little Roger Klein, the Peacemakers, De Niro, or I'm sorry, it's Hello New Day. Little Roger Klein, the Peacemakers, Hello New Day. Good night, everybody. Good night.